Today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we have breaking news out of training camp on both James Booknight and the status for Miles Bridges in the preseason. We're also welcoming Sam Purley for the first time this season from Hornets.com. We'll get his take on the training camp vibes and also Mark Williams. Plus, that's right, we're opening up the preseason satchel. That's all ahead today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And that includes YouTube. We appreciate Game Time as well for sponsoring this episode. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnNBA for twenty dollars off of your first purchase. That's Doug Branson. You can see him on YouTube, as you usually do. Every HornetsBoxScore.com. Go check out his Substack, and you can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from twelve to three p.m. We actually have some news to get to here, Doug, with pre preseason, as you mentioned. I just want to know. Is the pre-preseason sicko satchel the sickest of the sicko satchel questions? Or it, is draft sicko questions maybe the sickest of questions? I, I There's a lot of subcategories. What well, typically, as we get closer to the season, again, everyone is feeling good. And so that's when the, the sicko-ness it does reach its peak because everybody has hope before the ball hits the floor, anything can happen. It's Schrodinger's season, right? It's, it's neither dead nor alive. Anyone can project upon it, whatever they want. You can be at your sickest. I would say this particular preseason after coming off of this camp where everyone seems to have improved, everyone is, you know, for the most part, your major pieces are healthy uh, and and everyone seems to be re- much higher than the projections the pundits are on this season. I would say, yeah, the the questions that I got are particularly sick. Yeah, I, I like that. What is it, Schrodinger satchel? Maybe we could roll with. At, at That's, some it's point tough as well. to say. I know your voice is still on the mend. I would not try to throw any any of those acrobatics in uh, while you're recovering. Oh, that's true. Well, um, <laughs> everything is tough for me to say right now. I am muting my button constantly coughing while I uh, in in the breaks that I, I don't talk. So, Doug, if you don't mind, why don't you give us some of the news updates going on with Miles Bridges, his status for the preseason, and James Booknight while I mute my mic once again. Okay, so Miles Bridges, we thought maybe could be eligible to play in the preseason, and then he would be out for the 10 reg- first 10 regular season games. And the first time we would see him play in the regular season would be November 17th against the Milwaukee Bucks. That was floated out there by some reputable uh, sources, and but that seems to be now not the case. Miles Bridges, as reported recently by Rod Boone, is ineligible for the Hornets' four preseason games. And we also got news on James Booknight, who sprained a left knee. No timetable for the return there, so James Booknight... Um, out for the foreseeable future. Miles Bridges out for the four preseason games. Um, up to you, Walker, where you want to start here. Uh, let's go with James Booknight and go into Miles Bridges just because it it's worst case scenario for Booknight. He needs all the opportunity yep. that he can get. And if he gets injured and you don't have that opportunity to prove yourself as a player that deserves to be in the rotation or deserves to be in the league, as he put it, during media day and now you can't go out there because of a lower body injury so now you're talking about 
how much are you going to be able to condition during this time off? Who knows yeah. how long you're going to be off? And so it's just unfortunate. The reason I want to start with book night, I think Miles Bridges, it's it's the bigger impact to the team going into the regular season. But with book night, I think it's certainly a bigger impact to their career on what, you know, these things that they're experiencing. So it's unfortunate for book night from that sense. Of course, we're talking about him having plenty of opportunities before, but this one, it, it seems to be taken away from him because of an injury. And that's unfortunate. It feels like the end of his story in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. I, I don't, I just can't see a future where, where he is back on the court with the, with this squad. Now, maybe he's able to recover this season and rejoin in Greensboro, but the Hornets are uh, not exactly flush with roster spots and they have brought in a lot of guards in free agency to, and the draft that they want to take a look at, that they want to make sure uh, has opportunities if those opportunities pop up. And so Book Knight was facing steep competition already uh, because he did get his chance last offseason and last uh, beginning of the regular season. And, and he didn't really take advantage of that opportunity and eventually made his way back to Greensboro. So I just I, I don't know. I don't see this. I don't see this ending uh, with him putting on like a, an actual Hornets uniform again. Uh, and and I think there's a possibility that he could even be released uh, prior to rejoining Greensboro. Yeah. Last thing on book night, you mentioned the roster spots. It, it's specifically combo guard because they yeah. don't have great point guards outside of Lamelo. But <sighs> Terry Rozier, he considers himself a combo guard. Again, called himself that at media day. Nick Smith Jr., combo guard, Amari Bailey, combo guard, maybe a little more focused on defense, probably what is going to be his role in the NBA as sooner than later because he's going to try to figure out a way to get out there on the court. But lots of combo guards, and even Teo, who could be that, I view him more as a point guard for LaMelo. So this is – it. That, it's, what's funny is it's such a niche position, right? But we have a lot of them. We have a lot of the combo guards, and that's why it's going to be tough for Book Knight. Yeah, and it's it's such a tough story because he did have so much success in college and then came into the NBA and was frustrated by not getting that immediate opportunity to succeed in the NBA. And and that almost that almost sort of snowballed, had a had a uh, an effect on him that would prevent him from really breaking into Borrego's rotation and I don't know. He just he never was able to sort of get out of that snowball, get out of that, and, and it really goes to show you, like for young players coming to the NBA, you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get. So when you when you do get an opportunity to shine, you have to make it count. Um, otherwise, you know, you could find yourself, um, you know, in in the G League or maybe even out of the NBA before you know it. Um, all right, let's move on to Miles Bridges, who we got some interesting news about his eligibility or lack thereof in the preseason, Doug. Why don't you share that update with everyone? Yeah, so he's out the first four preseason games. So we we thought maybe he was going to play, but he's now he's not going to play. Uh, so, Walker, I mean, how does that affect how they prepare for this upcoming season? How does it affect Miles Bridges' ability uh, to reclaim his status as a starter, which he was uh, the last time he played for the Charlotte Hornets? Well, Steve Clifford, we, we talked about the things that we learned. I learned that Clifford was being transparent, very real with us on how hard it is going to try to figure out the rotation while Miles is out for the first 10 games. Clearly a top, what, 
two player on the squad, at least three, whatever, right? That's a debate for a different day. But Miles Bridges is one of the most talented players on this roster, no doubt about it. And he's suspended the first 10 games. He also now is only getting chemistry work, rotation work in five on five drills outside Mm -hmm. of what is true organized basketball. Mm -hmm. So does it look different going out there in preseason? Are they playing well without Miles? Then you start to get to the regular season. What kind of chemistry have they been able to build with P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward in the lineup? Brandon Miller starts to affect things a little bit if you're not playing him at the two, which you and I both believe he'll probably play most of his minutes at small forward. And so we got a sicko satchel question, Doug. I don't know if you want to go to it right now, but it kind of leads into all of this, right? Yeah. If we yeah, go, let's, pe- into- let's peek. Let's peek into the satchel. We're not going to open it um, entirely. Yeah. There's too much in there right now. It's going to explode. So we got to wait to the se- we got to wait to the third segment. But I think we release a little bit. It's like a pressure cooker. Yeah. We just release a little bit of the air. And this is from Tyler. Do you think the Hornets could start off eight and two before Miles comes back? If so, do you start Miles upon return? So that's the conversation, right? What is what does Clifford do? I think there's two parts of this conversation. What does Clifford do if they start eight and two? What is maybe three parts? What does Clifford do if they start uh, five and five? What does Clifford do if they start two and eight? You know, how does all of that affect Miles' ability to get to to make his case for the starting lineup? Yeah, one and even if right, the, the spirit of the question is, what do they do if they play well in the first ten games? So, if, if they're playing well, eight and two, while it's hard for me to see that because you're talking what, man? I, I'm taking a screenshot of the standings know. on my phone immediately with the Hornets having the one next to their name or the two next to their name because Can I think an eight and two start. Imagine that's <laughs> that's what I'm rolling with. I remember we lost our belief when they were like a four seed after 15 games because they had a great early run. I remember oh. Rick Bennell running. It's like the, the real story is the Hornets are a four seed in the East. It's like love, yeah, man. love a good early it's, run. Whoo. Um, but if that is the case, no, it's a good question. It it certainly it allows you to let Miles Bridges dip his toe in the water without having to throw him in off the side of the boat. And I think that matters. You know, now you're starting to learn about depth. You're starting to, because Miles and LaMelo, that two-man game, I don't think is going to take a, a lot of time to get back cooking again. I just, those guys were too good on the floor together. So if you are seven and three, even six and four, honestly, and, and you've been competing in every single one of those games, it just allows you the luxury of weaning Miles Bridges back into the fold without have to, having to throw him in and depend on his 35 minutes that game. There, there's a con, there's going to be a conflict here with Clifford. Clifford loves uh, keeping rotations together, letting guys yeah. figure it out, finding playing groups, and he loves guys earning minutes, right? But he also loves the idea of playing your most talented players early on. The guys, especially defensively, the guys that give you a chance to get started well, and then it's all going to go loopy-loop from there, and then the closing lineup can be whatever the closing lineup is. That's Clifford's MO, but those two things come into conflict a little bit when you're talking about Miles not being able to play in the preseason, to see him in real game action as a starter, and so he's going to be used to seeing the five guys that he's really, he's already named starters if they stay healthy. It's going to be Mello, Terry, Gordon, PJ, and Mark, a, a group in, in parts that he got to see a lot of last season. So here's the bottom line, Tyler. If they start eight and two, 
Miles is coming off the bench. I think if they start five and five, Miles is coming off the bench until further notice, unless there's an injury or an opportunity for him. If they start two and eight, with the urgency I think that this season will have, both on the general manager job and on the coaching job, if they start two and eight, then I could very well see a shakeup and bringing Miles immediately into that starting lineup. I think a lot of this, too, will depend on P.J. Washington. Does he play well defensively? Does he improve his defensive rebounding in particular, a place where he had some problems and we know can easily frustrate Coach Clifford? Clifford, if you give up defensive rebounds, especially in clutch moments like P.J. did in that game that they lost in double overtime to Cleveland, if you give up those type of plays, you know that's going to give him a little bit more... Uh, freedom, I think, to make a move in that particular position. No, the, the problem is, I know we got to move on with Sam, but the problem is, if you do that, then based off what we've seen so far, man, you are subbing a worse defender in for PJ. PJ is a better defender than Miles, who has been. You know, if if you think getting beat back door at times was bad for PJ, Miles is the poster child of that from two years ago. That would be tough for me, but but Gordon Hayward is somebody interesting, right? Because Gordon Hayward and the advanced stats show that he helps you defensively, and he at least knows where to be if he's not crazy athletic laterally moving. Yeah, well, he's talked too much about Terry and Gordon at this point. I just I, I just agree. don't see that happening. I could see Gordon getting right. hurt. You know, that's not something that's out of the realm of possibility, and then the, the decision becomes easier for Clifford to make. But the thing on PJ is, you're right. I think on paper. And and in in certain like you you have enough tape on PJ to go yes better defender but it put what I'm saying is it puts the onus on him to really lock in in that position because he got to expand his game tremendously offensively he was the focus of the team for a mm-hmm. large part of last season offensively and so if he focuses exclusively on that coming out of the gate I think that could be a problem for PJ remaining starter if he does lock in on defense and rebounding. Then I think PJ will will have a stronghold, so. especially yeah. if they're even a little bit below five. I'll go to four and six. I'll see it four <laughs> and six. Okay, Clifford's not touching. This is I'm just. I mean, may, maybe I'm completely wrong on this. I've been wrong before a couple of times, but I just having studied Clifford for as long as I've studied, I just don't see him making a move on the starting lineup uh, unless there's a reason to make that move. No, I hear you. Clifford does like to allow these guys to. It's the exact opposite of Borrego, man. It is the polar opposite of Borrego. He wants his guys to get a rhythm together. And Borrego was mad scientist. We'll pull Vernon Gary out now after starting him for a minute and 30 seconds. All right, let's go to the next segment. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Tell him, Doug, what we got. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. He's back, lead writer for Hornets.com. We love having him on the show. Sam Purley is going to take us behind the scenes of training camp as the Hornets get ready for the preseason, but not before we tell you about our good friends at Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy. Make sure there's not a giant concrete beam in front of you blocking your view. Nobody wants that. So you can see your view. You know what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show your total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any of those hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Game time is obsessed. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event or even an hour after it starts. 
For example, if you're like a Miami Heat fan and you just want to come to the game an hour after it starts, if that's your deal, you can still get a deal with Game Time. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D. O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. More Locked On Hornets ahead. As promised, it's been a while, but we welcome him to the first show of this upcoming season. Mr. Sam Purley, the lead writer for Hornets.com. We love Sam hopping on the show. It's been way too long. The offseason is coming to an end. Uh, October 25th is the official tip of the regular season. Sam, are you ready for it? I'm ready. Yes, it has been a little while. I think the last time I was on was uh, probably draft-ish summer league time. So uh, it's been a nice couple of months of, you know, getting some catching up and some R&R. But, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. And yeah, you preseason look nice. You kind of ease into it. I look good. It looks like Yeah, you look good. You look refreshed. <laughs> you look recharged. I care about you as yep. a person, as as you know. I mean, I, Walker wants to jump right into the basketball. I just I want to make mm-hmm. sure you're good. You look good. I'm glad you feel good. Yes, I feel great. I'm ready to go. All right, enough about your feelings. Let's jump into <laughs> basketball just real quickly. Um, I did want to – I want to talk about the vibes, though, man. Uh, way different than usual. Look, we were coming off of the Miles Bridges suspension last year. It was tough. We know that you were losing a fringe all-star player coming into the season. The weird coaching misdirection because Kenny Atkinson decides to go back. We bring in Steve Clifford, a familiar face, one that we like hearing talk about basketball as well. But just a, a weird, different offseason. It does not feel like that at all this year, Sam. At Hornets Media Day. Terry Rozier is telling you that this is the most excited he's ever been putting on a Hornets jersey. You can see the glow with LaMelo. Everybody's raving about Brandon Miller. How good are the vibes to you as you start to write about this team? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Kind of just being around them and, and you were there on Media Day Walker. And it's just like it's hard to kind of put into words. Like it's just it's like a feel thing. Like there is there is a lot of um, excitement. I think, you know, a year ago, there was a lot of uncertainty with Miles Bridges' situation. There was, I think, was absolutely zero clarity kind of where that stood on media day. And um, it was kind of just a weird, you know, a different transition going back to Steve Clifford. I don't know if that had any sort of, you know, impact on media day last year. But uh, I think this year, and it's a combination of a lot of different stuff. It's, it's you know, Gordon Hayward getting to do the whole summer the exact way he wants to do it. It's not rehabbing. Hearing Terry say this is the most excited he's been to put on a Hornets uniform uh, speaks volumes because he was really, really – his first year with the Hornets, I mean, that meant so much to him um, kind of being like the lead guy of a team coming from Boston. I mean, I remember how amped he was to to be in a Hornets jersey and kind of be at at the core of a team. So, um, And then the excitement with Brandon Miller too I think has been a big reason for it. I think – Last year, um, just different positions. I think maybe there was a little bit more of a vibe that Mark Williams was going to be taken slowly just because of the center position yeah. that he played. And having Nick Nick Richards was coming off a big summer and Mason Plumley too. So you knew Mark was going to play at some point, but you didn't necessarily get to see it right away. And I think there's always kind of a little extra buzz 
uh, no pun intended, when you've got your rookie second overall pick and you know and the coach comes out and says he's going to play a big role and you're hearing all these good things about him in practice and you saw a little bit of it at Summer League. So I think it's a combination of things. I mean, it, it feels really, really cool right now. And there's definitely um, like in a rejuvenation of sorts after last season. You're not talking about the injuries every day. You're not talking about, um, you know, losing streaks and guys being unavailable and things like that. So it feels really good right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say that you did intend that pun. You said you know you were being you were being modest. You said pun not intended, but I think you very much intended that pun, and that's okay. We intend puns all the time on this show. This is a we show do. that is pun very pun friendly, so we we appreciate it. I want to I want to keep talking about Brandon Miller. It seems like people around the team are legitimately shocked at how ready Brandon Miller seems to be already. Um, do, do you get that feeling and where do you see Brandon Miller fitting in this rotation uh, as soon as Tuesday, as soon as we get kicked off here in the preseason? Yeah, I, I don't know if shocked is the right word. I think I would say it's more of like, it, it's re, I guess reassuring to hear guys like Terry Rogier, like Gordon Hayward. Um, they all speak, have all spoke very glowingly about him. And, and you saw a little bit of it summer league. I know the Vegas setting out there can be a little bit of a, a hodgepodge of what's going on and you know when he's getting double teams and triple teams thrown at him in the first game it's a little bit of a can get a little chaotic but you saw the versatility out in something i mean he had an 11 rebound game out there in a seven assist game i think he had either a second to last game or third to, or second game or last game he had a like it was a 25 26 points against portland so i mean the t- i mean there's a reason the guy was the second overall pick i mean he's immensely talented um, you know, he's a 6'9". We've talked a lot about the length. His weight has gotten up. He's now at 210. I mean, this is the kind of player NBA teams are trying to find right now. It's these 6'9 wings that can play at both ends and, and do everything. So the Hornets have one of those guys. And so I, I think that sort of the, you know, the way he's rubbing off on his teammates, it seems like the thing that's really standing out right now, at least for him, you knew he was talented. That's why he was a second old big. He's talented. But it's the decision-making stuff. It's the awareness it's how smart he is. Um, you know, Coach Clifford has talked a lot about his, his dad was a football player at Alabama, too. So he's come up in a, an athletic household. I want to say his siblings have also played uh, collegiate sports. I'm not entirely sure on that, but I think I remember reading that. Uh, but he's come up. He knows how to train. He knows how to practice. You know, he knows how to take care of himself. And um, it seems to – there doesn't seem to be a huge sort of like assimilation to in a professional environment in the sense of like how to prepare himself the decision-making and, and kind of acting like he belongs. He's really hit the ground running. And uh, that's a big part of it. You know, there's, a, there's an adjustment for rookies coming into the league more so off the court than there is even on the court. You know, how do you take mm-hmm. care of yourself professionally? How do you, you know, eat the right things and do this and that? And uh, I remember him walking into media day, uh, Walker, you might've been there for this, but we had the Mr. Feastables yes. candy bar sitting on the, the podium and Hey, you're going to take one. No, no. It's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh no! My body is a temple. Like, do they want you to go? Like, I know it's chocolate. I know, Brandon, but they might want you to take a bite of it. That's probably not. I didn't know what to do. I love the. I I love the idea of Brandon being conflicted. Like, no, do do they want me not to eat the? It's like a social uh, science experiment. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Do they not want me to eat it because uh, you know I'm trying to take care of my body, or do they want me because it's the brand? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good test. Yeah, it was, that's exactly what it was. But I, I don't know how, like, I, it seems like he's really following kind of a strict regimen with the diet and the weightlifting and getting his weight to where it needs to be. And 
sounds like 210 is I, I don't know what he played at Alabama necessarily but um, seems like a good weight for now and I don't know if the chocolate was there as like a test um, but I know a lot of other guys <laughs> tried it but yeah he, he's been you know it's been all good stuff right now I'm really excited to kind of see how he looks surrounded by NBA rotational players um, in the first preseason game on Tuesday. Uh, a couple more questions before you we have a, a sicko satchel question. Lucky for you, Sam, we got one for you talking about the backcourt. Uh, the, the other guy, so Brandon Miller is the number one story because of how everybody's feeling. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about Mark Williams. I feel like the trajectory is pointing sky high for him as far as what people are most excited about. One, you're excited about LaMelo being healthy, but we know he already has an all-star under his belt. We know what he can do. With Mark, it seems like people are really excited because of the way that he ended last year. Seems a lot more confident this season, at least to me. I don't know if you get that same feel as well. What do you expect from Mark Williams and what have been your takeaways here in the early going of his second campaign? I was really impressed with his rookie season. Um, like I kind of mentioned in a first point, I know there's there's this expectation when you take a guy in the whatever it was, late lottery or 15th overall, and you want to kind of come see him come in and play right away. But I don't think Mark Williams plays as well after the All-Star break last year if he doesn't go through Greensboro and kind of sit a little bit and learn the position and get those reps in and kind of ease into it. I mean, playing center, as you guys know, it's, it's different than kind of coming in and being a point guard or a wing in the NBA. The physicality is is so much more intense. The defensive stuff is different. The spacing is so much different in college. I mean, I think it takes a little longer for the center and the big guys to kind of find their their footing a little bit in the NBA just because it's so much different and you're asked to do so much more than you were in college. But to see the way he, he took those steps and the way he played after the All-Star break and averaged uh, whatever it was, like nine and seven, had a block a game, 10 – double doubles or so I made some really you know outstanding plays you can remember at the end of the season you know I go back to the the, the play I think is his best play of the season that made me really go like okay they've got something here was when he switched out to uh I think it was Trey Young yeah it was mm-hmm. Trey I want to say in the Hawks game right before the all-star break it was like a 141 138 game he switched out to Trey Young blocked it and then took it coast to coast and uh, that stuff just you don't see very often with a rookie center nine times out of ten Young's either blown by him or they're fouling and it's an entirely different possession. So he looks great. You know, I think the biggest thing for him right now is getting back into the rhythm. I know he had the hand surgery or as we know, he had the hand surgery over the summer and mm-hmm. it seemed like he kind of worked around with that with the weightlifting and still do cardio, did a lot of left-hand work. It's just about getting the feel back, which is, you know, natural right now when you don't, you aren't able to use your right. The same thing with Omelo right now. I think a lot of it's just kind of, getting the feel back a little bit when you you've had an injury. So I'm really excited. I think they're, you know, he, he does, uh, what do you say? I know you guys are, I know Doug, you're big on muscle watch. He's added 12 pounds. Uh, that's what he said. He added 12 pounds. So it looks yeah, different not than straight that, muscle, but it was only 12 <laughs> pounds of regular muscle. JT Thor had eight pounds of straight muscle, which I contend uh, you have to double that to 16 pounds of regular muscle. Now. Yeah. Very exciting. Mark Williams. I think he's going to be doing a lot more switching. Uh, so that, you know, play that you talked about there uh, is uh, very interesting and could be, uh, you know, a forebear of things to come. Final question, really quick, mm-hmm. before we get you out of here, I want to peek into the satchel. We're going to go all the way into the satchel in the next segment, but preseason is prediction season, and we've got a prediction question from Matthew. 
Which Hornets young guard has the best chance to become an impact player? Nick Smith Jr., Bryce McGowan's, James Booknight, Amari Bailey, or Teo Maladone? What say you, Sam Purley? Well, I think they're all capable of making an impact in some capacity. As you know, like, you know, it's just rotational stuff is it's tough because you're only going to play nine or 10 guys. So a lot of it is opportunity. A lot of it is skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the versatility that Bryce McGowan's brings. I think you saw it last year. He got a great opportunity, um, a, a little bit of a silver lining last year with the injuries is you've got to give JT Thor played 70 games last year. Bryce McGowan's got to play whatever it was 50, 60 games. And you saw, you know, played really well in the G league too, and had his, his contract converted. So I, I think with Bryce, I think you've got a, a guy that could, play the two he can also play the three i think he actually played was like two-thirds of his minutes were at the two last year and he played a third of his minutes at the three um but i think he can go back and forth between each one so i really like what bryce brings it's just something about him he seems to recognize as you know you go back to his college days at nebraska he was probably the guy highest usage rate getting all the shots um you know kind of the main guy getting double teamed i think when you're in a situation like that and you come to the NBA and you're not getting 20, 25 shots a game, but you're finding ways to impact the game and recognizing that, hey, I can still be out on the floor. The team plays well and on the floor, even if I'm not shooting or I don't have the ball a whole lot. He seems to get that. And I don't think that's easy for rookies that maybe come from programs that are maybe mid, I would never ask a mid-major, but not a perennial basketball powerhouse where you're surrounded by tons of NBA talent. So I really like Bryce McGowan's, but I think all those guys, I think Nick Smith's going to be an exciting guy to watch. I'm excited to see what he does, um, you know, when he's not having to kind of work through the injury like he did at Arkansas. But all these guys, I mean, they come from they come from great programs and they all have great skill sets. So I, all of them will get an opportunity. But Bryce McGowan's is the one that just sticks out for the most just because of his versatility, his size, his length. And, he's, and we've seen it already, too. That's the so there's the key. I was going to point that out. I think short term, you're right. I think it's Bryce McGowan's because he's already proven something to Clifford. Like, I think Clifford understands that he can be an impact player if he continues to improve. I think long term, though, I like Nick Smith Jr. as the impact player. Just the, the, the tape from the from the high school days. I know that that one year in college didn't go the way he wanted it to, but man, long term, I just love the idea of Nick Smith Jr. as an impact player. Definitely agree. Yeah. I was going to say summer league was pretty fun to see him come in and just, you know, really light it up for sure. So I think Sam did the same thing. Came in here, really lit it up. Nick Smith Jr. Summer league style. And you look good. You look good. I need your skincare routine. I got, when I go to the airport, I got to check these bags under my eyes. So I need your, I need your skincare routine because you look great. Because I'm not, I'm not as close to the camera right now. If you see him, (laughs) if you have me back in January, you'll see a little bit more weary face i i got a good night's sleep i knew i was coming on the show so i gotta be rested didn't shave uh but i feel this is like this is good for looking i guess in uh mid-october this is the best i was gonna say this is the best you're gonna look all year because you're gonna get to the nba cup and it's just gonna be the grind is gonna hit all of us so we're looking forward it'll be like the when we do muscle watch like the before and after you should have the (laughs) october Locked on appearance versus like oh, the Oh, okay. March I'm making a note. We're going to do up. this, Sam. We have you back on, and we're going to each month, I'm going to have, we're going to have you on once a month, and we're just going to track the slow decline of Sam yeah, Purley okay. into the NBA regular season. We're going to have to figure out the conversion rate of wrinkles to straight wrinkles that Sam gains as the season goes on. The JT Thor, what's the difference here? We will do a check with Sam Purley as the season goes on. You can do it as well. Check in on his work um, on his Twitter uh, profile at Sam underscore Purley. Sam, we appreciate the time as always, man. Thanks again. 
Absolutely. And thank you, as always, for caring about me as a person and not just a... You're not a calculator. You're not a calculator. You're a human being. That's guy. Human human being. (laughs) The human being, the calculator. It's all the same to me. I, I care about both. So, all right. Appreciate it, Sam. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Anytime. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Big thanks again to Sam Purley from Hornets.com. Make sure to go over there and check out his articles throughout the season. We've got a lot more coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's a lightning round of the pre-preseason sicko satchel. Your questions disgust me. I'm just going to, and I'm a sicko, and they disgust me. I cannot wait to answer them, but not before we tell you about Jace Medical. With storms, shortages, pandemics, reliance on China, supply chain issues. Here's the deal. We need to be prepared now more than ever. And with Jace Medical, you can be. It's simple. You go out, you go online, you fill out a form, and then you get a prescription, life-saving medications delivered right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to the medication that you need in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication in hand. Here's a review from Frank. Frank says, quote, Easy as one, two, three, and just in time, I received our package the same day. I got a sinus infection. Oh, boy, do I know about those. And my doctor was out of town. No appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code Locked On, all one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. More Locked On Hornets, sicko satchel ahead. Doug, you warned me. You talked about how sick they were. I asked you if these were the sickest of sicko satchel questions. The man, what is it? We have preseason basketball tomorrow. It's crazy. Nuts! It's here. I think it it just hit me. I it's funny because I'm like, yeah, preseason. It starts on the 10th. Let's see how many days that's in. Uh, Oh, it's in one day. It's in one day. That's when that is. Okay. All right. So October 10th, we have some preseason basketball. One more sleep, kids. One more sleep, and we are asking, and I should say, we are answering your sicko satchel questions, Doug. You're the keeper of this thing, man. Go to the sickest questions that you got in this satchel. What you got for us? The keeper of the satchel. That makes me sound like some kind of bridge troll. Like I've just mm-hmm. got hair growing out of all kinds of places. <laughs> I shall pass. <laughs> I've got these questions three. <laughs> all right. The first one comes from Turtle Master 4, who, who asks. Okay, now we're leaning straight into the theme here. Yes, they have to pass the Hornets troll in, in in order to get across the bridge, Turtle Master does. Yeah, now we are fully into a different universe. Oh, and I didn't hit the music. Here we go. Sicko Satchel. Come on, you shameful little sicko. Turtle Master 4 wants to know, what are, are our chances in the in-season tournament? And how do they compare to the chances of an actual playoff run? <laughs> Doug, so this question, this question wants to know, Hornets who have been blown out of two preseason games, haven't won a playoff series in 21 years, haven't been to the playoffs in almost a decade, wants to know what the chances are for the in-season tournament and an actual playoff run. I love this question. It is disgusting. It is it is immoral. This question, I love it. It's immoral. That's what this question is. Well, if I remember correctly, when we talked about their draw, Doug, you kind of liked it. You liked where how they were set up. And so I'll let you take the floor first on this one because I do know you kind of like how they were set up to get as far as they possibly could. 
Yeah, I, I think it was. It, it felt like some teams that they had beaten before. I mean, they beat, they beat Milwaukee. Uh, they blew Milwaukee out last season. It was some teams that they surprised last season, and certainly those teams are constructed differently, and so are the Hornets. So I don't know how much of any of that matters, uh, but just looking at it then, I thought it wasn't the best draw that they could have had, but it, it wasn't the worst. And so I think you have that situation, but I also want to factor in this. You know, will teams be more equal since, in terms of the tournament since it's a new thing? And it's at the beginning of the season. How do teams approach the beginning of the season in terms of how hard they're playing, how organized they're playing, how many players are playing because of this in-season tournament? And I think the success of the in-season tournament is going to hinge on on two things. One, how serious the players take it this early in the season, because this is not typically a time that, that teams are in playoff mode or tournament mode. This is a time when everybody's trying to figure things out. It's why traditionally the Hornets, when they've played with pace and, and good three-point shooting, have been able to start seasons well over the past couple of seasons because they've been able to sneak up on some teams offensively that weren't really ready to defend them. And the Hornets you know, haven't been able to defend other teams either, but they could score more points. So is that going to be the case this year, or will, be, will teams be more prepped because or more motivated at least because of this in-season tournament i think that's the big question uh it it starts by the way a month from tomorrow november 10th in their group play schedule they'll play at washington november 14th versus miami november 17th versus milwaukee november 28th at new york and so that's their group play as it stands and we'll see what happens after that got another point doug well just that to answer the question they have a much better chance of making a surprise it would be surprising either way in-season tournament run or actual playoff tournament run. But I think their chances are much higher at the in-season tournament because you do have a chance to sneak up on everybody. By the time we get yeah. into actual playoffs, you know, that's that's when they've been unsuccessful because everybody's better. Everybody's prepared. Yeah, you're, you're not playing Washington in the playoffs. Uh, well, and I, you know, play in. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. My bad. No, you're right. Play in. It's definitely a lot better, especially with that group that you have. Some of the better teams yeah. in the NBA that you're paired with, you've actually played well, and you got to see that last year. So you're right. Let's move on. Amber has the next question for us, Doug. What is Amber's question in the Sicko Satchel? We're sticking with the NBA Cup, which is the official name of the in-season tournament, and I think sounds like Mario Kart. In a weird, like I don't know why we no, named it that. Um, Adam Silver, the branding could be a lot better, I think. But Amber asks, would you rather win the first NBA Cup but lose in the first round of the playoffs, or would you rather win win a play-in game but lose in the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> so this is a great sick question in that it comes with the hope of winning <laughs> something, but also with the realization. It is both halves of the sickness. You you hope for the best, but you realize. You realize where this where this typically ends, which is a loss somewhere along the way, either in the play-in or the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Doug. I'm kind of enticed about being the first team to ever win the Historical. NBA Cup. Your and, history. And, if you, and look, if you lose in, she said, the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So... If it's if she means for sure win NBA Cup and lose in the first round of the playoffs, I think I'm going with the NBA Cup. You know, like there's different co- I, in the spirit of the question. Right. If they lose a first round of the other scenario in, in this scenario, that means they avoided the play in altogether. Right. Yeah. Which is great. So but in the spirit of the question, I'm even still going with the NBA Cup. I want history, Doug. Uh, that'd be cool. 
I, I'll sign up for that. I will argue the other side. I th- I'm probably okay. with you, but I'll argue the other side because you're right. The, the question is, they make the first round either way, and so they get the playoff experience. If the question was, win the first NBA Cup but lose in the play-in or win the play-in but lose in the first round, I would take whatever yeah. got them to the first round because I think I'm with you. LaMelo desperately needs playoff experience. So even if they, even if you're telling me, hey, they're going to lose in the first round, give me four games of playoffs with LaMelo Ball because I think then he comes back next season much better, much better prepared to lead them to a first-round series victory. But this question, the history is there for the NBA Cup, but I think ultimately it won't, you know, it's not. It doesn't really matter. It's not a thing that matters yet. It might matter someday, but it doesn't matter yet. Winning a play-in game could matter for the Hornets because it means you have now shed that demon play-in game. Those two play-in losses, people will finally shut up about getting blown blown out of those play-in games because you finally got there and and you were able to overcome it. Oh, we'd be the answer to a great trivia question, though. That's what I want. That's what That's I want true. for us badly. We're, uh, yeah, the we're the one. answer of the worst trivia questions right now. I know, I know. I, you know, that one's pretty good. Who, who did Kobe Bryant? Uh, who was Kobe Bryant drafted by? Right. I mean, that's a, that's, that's the kind that's of trivia one. questions that the Hornets all about Hornets pain. Yeah, what only team in the NBA to not reach a conference finals? Yeah, we have a bunch <laughs> of bad trivia questions right now. Let's get a good one. Let's win the NBA Cup. What's the next sicko satchel question? C Rocker wants to know: Is there any chance that Mark Williams and Nick Richards get on the floor at the same time? The defensive oh, yeah. rating. Would go crazy. Walker, how sick is this question? Uh, I think C. Rocker is off his rocker with this question. <laughs> I think having a, both of those guys out there. He's would sick, be, baby. Yes. He's sick. He wants, because here's here's why he's sick. Here's why he's sick, Walker. Because the Hornets have, have gone so long in the Sahara Desert of center rotation, right? We haven't even had one center that was worthy of being excited about. Now, all of a sudden, the team has two centers that can guard switches, can stay up top, can do the drop coverage, can block shots, and then both of them can play competently on the offensive end. Like, when they get the ball in their hands, you're not super scared about what they're going to do. And so C-Rocker says, play them both. I'm so excited. I'm so sick, baby. Give me both. So who would be the four? I, I thought it <laughs> I would be easily Nick. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm trying to think if if Nick Richards has this secret ability to shoot threes, he does. But also Mark is going to shoot threes. Then maybe you do have a four. Or, are That's we right. just? I love it. Yes, Twin actually, powers. you know what? I'm sorry. I'm off my rocker. See, rocker, you're right about putting both of those guys out there. No, the he's not right. No, he's not. He's not right. He is <laughs> sick like all of us, but he's not right. Look, see, rocker, we can't play both Mark Waves and Nick Richards at the same time because. We don't know if either one of I think Mark I think Mark can shoot threes eventually. I know for a fact that Nick Richards can, but I I'm afraid he might he might still be saving it uh, for okay. when they actually make the playoffs. It may be the Hornets like super C. It might be the Death Star. It might be the super secret weapon of the Charlotte Hornets that they're only going to unleash when they make the postseason. So you can't play those two guys together because defensively. It might be good unless the other team counters and goes small and tries to spread everybody out, but offensively, it would be an absolute disaster. What I can't wait for is when James Najee comes back next year and C. Rocker asks us, what are the chances of all three of those guys seeing the floor at the same time? Clifford wants to go five out. Clifford is desperate to go five out, which is like (laughs) why if one of these centers can shoot, they're going to immediately get more minutes because uh, Mm -hmm. Clifford desperately wants to go five out. Yeah, Najee can't do that. All right, let's move on. Last one here. Let's try to squeeze this one in, Doug. Linkos1234 asks, Yo, Doug, we know you're sick, mm-hmm. but are you 
Bring back Biz Mac Biombo sick. <laughs> Only you can How answer that question. I took my temperature this morning, baby. I'm sick. Oh, I'm yeah, all the way you. sick. I think this team does need a third string center. I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm crazy for thinking that. You're one ankle injury away from from having to start Miles Bridges because you've got PJ Washington having to play uh, maybe some center minutes, some additional center minutes as well. So, am I bring back bring back the biz? You know what I am. I want to see the Euro okay. step one more time. Let's bring it. Let's bring back biz. Third third time's a charm, baby. Let's go. You know, it's not crazy. It's really not. If you wanted to bring him back as a third string center on the squad and you know about the locker room feel, it, it would be different too if you wanted a locker room presence and you were bringing in Bismack Biombo for the first time. But LaMelo always referenced Biz in his rookie season. That was the guy that LaMelo would always go to talking about how much he loved having him a part of the team. And so if LaMelo likes him, the guy that you just invested $200 million in, and we know that PJ has had his time with Bismack. Yeah, that that's fine. Right? Like I don't vet men, you know, that would be, that would be the situation. So yeah, I'm sick too, Doug. That's how we roll. So that's it, right? We don't have any more psychosatural questions. Well, we do. We have some more. I think we get to some more tomorrow because we're going to do a yep. show before this first preseason game. And then, of course, we're going to be recapping all of those preseason games this week. But I think we've got some more. Uh, they've been piling in. This has been the biggest response to the satchel so far. People are super excited for the season. Sweet. We are, too. And I think we'll answer a few more tomorrow. All right, that'll do it. That's Doug Branson. Go check out his work on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Check me out on WFNZ, crying about the Panthers every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. <laughs> and thanks for making us your first right, listen. Sure. Make your second <laughs> make your second listen game to game. NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Almost here, season, October 25th for us Hornets fans. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the league with local analysis. That only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. More like Frank Wrong, am I right? Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.